morning, everyone. You're listening to Jenny Kinnip for Author. You may be relaxing with a cup of tea or coffee, traveling, working, or exercising. Um, whatever the case may be, I'm glad you chose to spend your time with me. Today, I'll be talking about my writing technique, this, which will include my past journaling, my process for writing a full-length novel, and some exercises I do to replenish my think tank, I guess. Um, one thing I want to make clear from the beginning is this is not a place for me to sell you something. Um, my purpose in publishing these podcasts is um, to share with you my inspiration, ideas, books that could be helpful or uh, entertainment-wise, uh, you might enjoy entertainment-wise. Writing helps and essentially, I guess I'm sharing who I am. Um, on social media, I've encountered quite a few writers, entrepreneurs who quote have a secret five-step magical program that will help you be a better writer, gain more followers, sell more books, and on and on the list can go. Um, rarely have I found someone who's a little bit bigger in name, I guess, who offers a free piece of advice. Uh, the more writers I'm getting to know just like myself, um, I've really enjoyed interacting with and I've learned a lot from. But, you know, the advertisements that you see on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, um, you click on those things and everybody wants you to pay, pay for what they have to offer. And that's not what you're going to get here. So I just want you to, to know that. Um, you know, it may not be <laughs> a great business practice, I suppose, but I'd rather be known for my kindness than for how many books I might sell. Um, how this, the beginning of this show, I should say, and I'll explain what I'm doing here, but um, I'm going to be digging into um, how I started writing and then my process for writing a novel and then share with you some um, helpful things along the way. I've been writing down my thoughts random or focused, I guess, since I could write, uh, this way of unburdening my mind, it, it's helped me, helped me think through problems, endure sadness, um, live through grief, unload my frustrations, celebrate my joys, count my blessings, and it's helped me grow spiritually, and in general, I believe I've become a better writer because of it. Um, I think it's true, you know, you'll hear it said elsewhere, the more you write, the better you'll become, and I, I totally have experienced that. Um, even in writing stories, um, even in the crafting of a story, from Ruby Moon to the novel I'm writing now, I feel much more confident, and things are rolling along uh, a little better um, than they had at the beginning. My next phase of writing in my life combined um, with music, um, an area that you know, I, I showed some talent in and it was always kind of a part of my life. Some of my first memories are swinging on the swing at home and singing a song. And songs have always been a part of my life until some things in my health made that change. But for a period of time, I had began to write poems and songs and I set those to original music. Um, Many of these came as an expression of my faith, 
but also as a release uh, through the years I'd struggle I struggled with some depression and some dark times and writing poems was a therapeutic activity for me kind of you know a form of therapy it brought healing and and helped assign some purpose to to what I'd gone through um, often I felt that if I didn't write about it if I didn't write something down that I was gonna explode so I'm glad that really helped me in that part of my journey and, and still does very much so I'm just gonna take a quick sip here now fast forwarding a few years um, journaling was still very much a part of my life and after I got, excuse me, after I got diagnosed with MS in 2014, it really helped me walk through the stages of grief with that diagnosis. Um, I came to a portion where I thought I would never be able to write again. I had some very big limitations. I've improved slightly, but I've had to adapt how I write, and it's mostly in a digital format now. Um, and I've just been really glad for, you know, technology and the iPad and, and um, voice recognition software and stuff like that, um, which has helped me in my writing path. When I could no longer work at my job, I asked myself, what if? So I worked on finishing the story I'd started years prior, and unbeknownst to me at that time, I worked on crossing off a major accomplishment on my bucket list. I always wanted to be an author, and so um, I didn't know that's really what I was working towards, but I, I was. You know, but I, I crafted the story as best I could. I learned a lot, uh, though, you know, after, after writing five novels now, I've developed a technique which works for me, and I think for every author or writer, Everybody's unique, everybody's different, and you're going to have to pick and choose and um, really figure out what works for you. Um, and this is what has worked for me after <laughs> so many stories. It's kind of my process. Um, so like anything, you know, it all starts with an idea. Um, writing a novel starts that way. I, I have a digital notebook that I jot I I ideas down in. I wonder or suppose about a certain scenario or imagine a certain act like a movie playing out between characters. Um, how I begin to form, form the novel is I usually start with a, a dramatic scene or some kind of crux in the story and, and then I build the book around that. I establish usually a rough outline or idea of where to start and how I want the story to proceed and how I want it to end. But sometimes I don't know the ending, sometimes I don't know the middle, sometimes I do, um, and sometimes it, it really changes and plays out differently as I write the book. So these are all kind of fluid points that <clears throat> can be altered at kind of any stage. Um, but the one that, that really can't and that you have to pinned down from the beginning is selecting your point of view. Characters speak through the point of view in a story, so choosing the right POV for 
the market of your genre and your voice can be a matter of experiment at first. <clears throat> Excuse me. Right. <clears throat> Uh, what I did, <clears throat> excuse me, was write a scene through a couple different perspectives and I saw what kind of felt the most natural um, for me and for my characters, uh, for the story. Um, that's something, you know, you can try when you're beginning or maybe you want to change. Maybe you've always written in first person and you just want to try something different. I ended up changing with my second series. Um, my point of view because I realized that to market um, historical fiction a lot of historical Christian fiction in particular is written a certain way in a certain point of view and and I kind of needed to fall in line with where people are reading and not just write however I wanted to write I need to also write for my readers um, and that's something I I guess I didn't really think about it at the beginning because initially I was just writing it for myself. I didn't really intend it to be, you know, read by a wider audience, but um, that's how things have worked out. Um, some possible POVs, if you're not familiar with, <clears throat> with those, are first person, past or present tense, third person, singular, past or present tense, third person, multiple, that's where multiple people in the story can kind of see the story through their perspective and an omniscient point of view which is kind of movie or godlike you can see glimpses in, in all these different characters lives um, <clears throat> as I write I, I write pretty much chapter by chapter uh, I keep I keep detailed character studies of my characters how they look how they act, what drives them, what they think about. Uh, I use I use people that I know <laughs> or I've seen as a base for inspiration because in this way I feel like I'm more apt to remember how they look and they become more real to me. Um, so I mean you probably can't tell you know in a book I'm describing someone you think oh my gosh she's describing this person in her life I don't think anybody would really be able to tell that, but, but to me it really helps um, pin uh, a really real life thing to them and it helps me, it really helps me remember, I guess is what I'm trying to get at. So I think characters tend to float away when they're based on nothing more than our imagination. I consider my drafts of each chapter like a bone structure which I can build on um, for the most part. I don't jump around with chapters. I write chapter by chapter on my iPad in, in a fairly chronological pattern. I don't allow myself to go on really with the story until I feel I have a good handle on that particular chapter. I write usually one scene and then the next, um, uh, but scene per scene I, I write and then uh, I don't write another one until I've gone over the prior one and, and edited it a little bit and made some changes. Um, that way I'm kind of editing and writing as I go, but when I sit down to write, I write. I don't, you know, hem and haw about exactly what your word to use at this certain point. That comes later. I find that if I do that, I don't really um, get inhibited and, I, and the words just kind of usually flow out. Sometimes 
much faster than I can get them on the screen. Let's see. Um, how did the scenes come? <laughs> uh, some people I know have asked me that, like, where do these ideas come from? How do you know how to write all this stuff? Or like, where you get these things from? Sometimes they surprise me when I sit down to write. Um, it's like they come out of nowhere. Um, they play out like a movie in my mind and I simply record to the best of my ability what I can see. When a scene is completed and I'm, and I'm not sure where to, uh, to take the story next or who will be acting the scene out, I usually mull over the possibilities. I think about the scenes as I do other things, you know, maybe I'm doing some chores or the dishes or laundry or sometimes I think about it before I go to bed hoping that I'll, you know, dream about the scene and it'll all take care of itself in the dream. Um, <clears throat> I kind of let my characters talk in my head and, and, and eventually they, they end up writing themselves and, and the scenes, you know, come as they should. So far, I have not experienced significant writer's block. Some things, um, excuse me, words usually come when I bring up a blank screen. Occasionally, I have a hurdle in a story or maybe I'm thinking about what to write for my blog post and I'm, I'm not sure how to cross it or what to come up with. So at these times, I do some sort of writing exercise. Just taking a drink here. I free write. If you're unfamiliar with what that is, it's writing whatever comes to you without pausing or stopping. And it's just a way to kind of get your mojo going, I suppose, so to speak. So um, that is really helpful. Uh, it can be kind of weird at first, but it's kind of freeing. Um, it's, I mean, I think in general, if you feel frustrated about anything, just do some free writing. It really does help. Um, you know, get your thoughts out. I sometimes make a list of nouns, verbs, or adjectives and pick one of these or use them all and write a scene around them. Um, it helps me kind of, it's like you're picking out the bones of the story and you're building on it. Um, and, and that is actually very helpful. Uh, sometimes I use general and specific word exercises, such as um, say, say I would state a general statement like, I love sewing. Love is just a general term and it's like it can be applied to so many things in this instance. Um, so we want to see how you love it, what happens. And so after the general statement, I elaborate with descriptions about sewing and how it makes me feel. Or I reverse the role. I write specific sentences and end with the summary statement. One other thing I use when I'm stuck and don't know how to proceed is to write out five ways in which I could proceed. This always seems to help and helps me and usually sparks a great idea. Um, this exercise I got in particular from a book called Wild Words, uh, Rituals, Routines, and Rhythms for Braving the Writer's Path uh, by Nicole Golata, I believe. Um, I'm, I'm only a little way through this book, but I'm thoroughly enjoying it and taking my time. It's, it's a very good book and I highly recommend it as a, as a book to help feed your, your writing spirit. 
And some of these exercises I pulled out of um, a book called Spellbinding Sentences, A Writer's Path to Achieving Excellence and Captivating Readers by Barbara Bay. She's got a whole line of um, books that are kind of along this series and she's a excellent excellent things to say I just can't say enough good things about this book and, and this author so I highly highly recommend picking up one of her books I'm not sure if I'm saying her last name right it's B-A-I-G so Barbara Big Big uh, uh, um, something like that uh, one other exercise I do uh, and I got this from her book too is to rewrite a, a well pick a favorite one of your books a favorite book of a favorite author and choose a paragraph in the book and then rewrite it in your own words um, think of it as like copying the letters of the alphabet when you actually learn to write um, it's kind of the same thing it's like you're you're copying someone who is a good writer and that helps you become a good writer it's not that you're gonna go and plagiarize their work or anything this is just an exercise and um, it helps you think maybe in a different way. Um, one of the ways in which I kind of fit the modern way of storytelling, which is um, what they call showing a story rather than telling, is my books tend to be dialogue heavy. Um, I think um, a lot of the most interesting parts in a book or a movie to me usually involve dialogue and the characters interacting with one another. I think it holds the readers or watchers interest and actively moves the story along. When I read a book sometimes I kind of skip through some of the narrative or in-between stuff and I end up focusing on the conversations. Um, so that's how I want to write too. You know, I want, I want to write that way. Um, it, it, it's sometimes it takes a lot of time and you know energy to be thinking about what people are going to say to each other. But man, sometimes I just end up smiling when I'm writing these conversations out, and I wonder why is this making me so happy? I don't know, but it sure does, and uh, it's fun. Actually, it's very fun. So after the chapter. Um, you know gets kind of complete I've pieced all the scenes together gone through them and then I go through the whole chapter as a whole then I start adding them to uh, one by one to a word file that I have on my computer and when the last chapter is you know put in place then I go through the book as a whole I fill in any holes in the story or I look for inconsistencies in descriptions or in the characters in timeline. I try to weed out overused phrases or words and I like to be sure or strive for rather um, having 80% of my sentence structure being an active voice which means that I'm using less verbs of be or being and I'm using just stronger verbs in general so in some instances if I'm writing in third person I could say you know um, or, or even a first person, I, I will be walking to the mailbox or I'm going to walk to the mailbox, uh, you know, or 
I plan to walk to the mailbox or if you're in third person you could say um, Sheila was walking to the mailbox why not just say she walked to the mailbox you're using a more active verb and it like it eliminates unnecessary words that's what I'm trying to get at there we go I hit the mark <laughs> unnecessary words uh, it you know filters out some of that stuff that you don't really need um, particular like I like adverbs I know they're kind of poo-pooed on um, they've gotten a lot of flack but I've chosen to include them in my writing they might not be everyone's preference but I feel they add a deeper level to description. I try not to overuse them, of course, but um, I like them. You'll find them in my books. Um, side note, uh, just so you know, there are a number of computer programs out there now to help write the perfect novel, but I am not going to use those. I Call me a purist or old-fashioned or whatever. But stories should have flaws in them, just like people. It's what gives us character and makes us interesting. And I, I think the same goes for a story. It's I don't want the expected things to happen all of the expected times, especially in romance that can get so predictable. And I just don't want that to be in my writing. I, I don't want to follow a perfectly planned out map. Um, I would like to learn more as I go, learn from other authors, but I'm not going to rely on a computer program to write my novel for me. So after my manuscript is, feel like it's pretty much said, I've gone through it and edited it to my, uh, the best of my ability, I feel, um, I mean, it's ready for another set of eyes. So I have um, some beta readers who are readers that don't really know me, will give me an honest, unbiased opinion um, of the story and maybe point out some things which I could change or alter that I maybe didn't notice or see. Uh, and then I usually have our one reader who will proof the manuscript for me. I make some needed changes and then it's on to my editor who, who does the copy line edit for me and a final proof proof rather excuse me after we're all done and that is pretty much how the process rolls out it's it's long and drawn out um, especially now with um, my new editor she's quite busy and so it takes it will it will take her a while before she can get to some of my books like she's starting on Silver Moon in March and then um, my fourth book in uh, in August so you know, it just, whew, it'll take a while in between there, but but that's okay. I'm finding out the publishing process is a much longer process than I first thought. I pushed way too hard to begin with, and, um, and now I know to take my time. Um, so the old saying, <laughs> probably heard it, but if you want to be a writer, be a reader, and that's pretty much correct. Uh, the more you read, the better writer you'll be it's like the more you feed to your mind the more words you have floating around in there the more ways to you know um, form a sentence or paint a picture in with words the better you will be at at forming a story and putting those ideas down for others to read um, and then you know, a word of advice, kind of know your genre that you're writing in, know what's marketable, know what your readers are reading, 
and also stretch your boundaries. I mean, read outside of your genre. That's, <laughs> that's sometimes can be hmm, hard because interest level's not always there, but you, you learn different things and see different things and that can be helpful too. Um, if you have any questions or comments for me, please leave them here on my anchor page or you can go to my website at jennykinnifer.com, um, click on the contact tab in my menu and that'll set you up for um, a little screen. You can type in a question and they'll send me an email. Next time, next week, I'm super excited about this. I will be having my first guest author. Uh, Brenda Marie Webb is her name. She's a Wisconsin author and she'll be joining me here. Her historical fiction book, which I read last fall, A Thousand Mothers, released last November. It is a story of hope in the Nazi death camps and um, a story of many women playing a part in keeping a baby born in one camp uh, alive despite the odds. You can read about Brenda and her books on her website at brendamarieweb.com. Thanks for listening and choosing to spend your time with me. This is Jenny at Jenny Knipp for Author signing off. Choose to make it a beautiful day. Give someone a spark of hope by a kind word or deed. Until next time, goodbye.